you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. football program available on itunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com now here's your host dave damashek hi and hello football fans it's your old pal dave dave damashek welcome to the dave damashek football program available as always on itunes stitcher and nfl.com slash shack s-h-e-k shack 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 well, we're coming at you. It is 3.30 in the p.m. local time out here on the Pacific Coast. The West Coast, I believe, is what they uh, is what they like to call it. Either way, that means that uh, NFL football is about to kick off. In prime time, Monday night football, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans. You likely, if you are listening to this, Already know the result of that game, so we won't address that one too much. We have gotten a pretty good uh, snapshot of the weekend that was in the NFL 2014, so we're going to kibitz about it right now with one of our favorite guys here. He doesn't make, uh, he doesn't shadow the door here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! Nearly enough. You watch him, though, on uh, on NFL Network, on NFL Fantasy Live, Kibitzin. It's Marcus Grant. What's the poop, fella? I'm glad to be here. I always appreciate getting the invite. Yes, of course. Now, there is still some confusion. If you watch the Sheck Report on a weekly basis, there have been some appearances by someone who may or may not be Marcus Grant or maybe Geno Smith. That still is unclear. Um, but let's break it down here, Marcus Grant. Do you have any fantasy tips? Maybe we'll get into some of those. But broad strokes here, the fascinating weekend of, uh, of pro football, the thing that jumped out to me with the exception of the impressive Green Bay Packers victory, which, I mean, that team, you know, I guess they look let's really scary right now. I, I mean, they just about scary. unstoppable. I know that I know that the Patriots look dynamite and there were a lot of top end performances, but. The, like you say, I mean, the unstoppable is kind of the word a- against the Bears. The Eagles don't have the world's greatest defense, but I mean, listen, they, they that is on a historic role. Certainly number 12 for that team is on a historic role. But the thing that I take away more than anything else is, and maybe it has to do with the dip in the weather now, but it feels like it's about the teams that are doing it are grinding it out on the ground all of a sudden, highlighted by the performance out of the kid in uh, from New England, uh, Jonas Gray, last night. I mean, on that, well, yes, last night. Um, but it, it seems like that's a pervasive trend now all of a sudden after, what, two and a half years now of watching teams run that, uh, you know, that uh, option read, things like that. And you're still seeing some of that. And, in fact, specifically, the game – in Kansas City was pure heaven, I thought. I thought it was like watching an old Big 8 game between Oklahoma <laughs> and Nebraska. It seemed for a while there like they neither team would ever throw a pass. And, in fact, they were running straight option plays 
at some stretches. Yeah, that was that wild, game. wasn't it? Jamal Charles scores on an option pitch from from Alex Smith. Here's the thing, and, and this applies. It applies in football. It applies in baseball, basketball, what have you. Whenever you have these newfangled offensive systems that are great and they're trendy and they put up all these points and they're really fun to watch, so you get the read option or you get five wide receivers, and it's a lot of fun to watch. What ends up winning games is just the tried-and-true method of how the sport was always played. I mean, look at the San Francisco Giants, the Kansas City Royals, go to the World Series this year. Those teams did the same things that have worked in baseball for 100 years. They moved runners along, they pitched well, they played good defense, they manufactured runs. Those two teams end up in the World Series. And you talk about the NFL right now. And so for all the good things that the Packers do, and watching Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson is so much fun, but... The fact that they can still run the ball. They can still hand it to Eddie Lacy and get him the ball 15 to 20 times, and he will grind it out. That Jonas Gray can get the ball 38 times for the Patriots and grind out almost 200 yards. Those are the things that are going to make a difference when you get to December and January. And, you know, for, for the Colts, it's great having Andrew Luck be able to throw all these guys, but now if Ahmad Bradshaw is hurt, Trent Richardson has been a disappointment – it could come back to bite them if they can't control the clock and they can't grind out those tough yards to get tough wins in, in key situations. Well, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting that's, – that's one point, right. It feels like as good as the Colts are, pos, are, are capable of being, and I said two weeks ago, they've lost their last game of 2014. So, as it turns out, I was wrong. <laughs> and as you know, just like the late, great Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing says – when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I was wrong about this Colts team. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, how, what are they going to do come January if they can't spin the clock at all? The other thing is, and this is not exclusive to the Colts, every team, unless you can throw one out and black tie behind the glass, let me know if uh, if I'm missing somebody. The bizarre aspect of this season, and there's always, you know, the last, whatever, 15 or 20 years now, there's been parity and all of that. But has there ever been a year where every team in the NFL has taken at least one whipping? I mean, every team, whoever wins the Super Bowl is going to have been beaten by three touchdowns at some point. Yeah. Is that a th- that can't have ever happened in NFL history or in the Super Bowl era at least. I mean the, you know, the Chiefs pounded the Patriots 41 to 14 or whatever that score was. The Patriots have now whipped the Broncos, who, by the yep. way, got whipped by the Rams. The, Ram, the, the the Broncos scored seven points. Oh, and by the way, you know how they you heard after the game, no one saw this one coming. I'll tell you who did see this one coming. One Dave Damage. Oh, look at I that. I predicted it. Look I predicted that. it. I said Rams over the Broncos. Even I didn't anticipate a meager seven points, though. <laughs> but isn't that a crazy thing? It I is mean, kind the of a Steelers killed the Colts. And somewhere – Paul Tagliabue is smiling because that was kind of his great legacy to the league, right? Is that he created parody. He made it so that the phrase at any given Sunday actually took on meaning. I mean, that any given Sunday, literally any team could win. And it is probably even more apt now than it was when Tagliabue was running the league. That really, any given Sunday, that a team like the Rams that had been so schizophrenic all year could shut down the juggernaut that is the Denver Broncos, that the Patriots could go from looking just awful at the start of the season to looking like the Patriots we've come to know for the last decade or so, and the fact that Aaron Rodgers could tell everybody to R-E-L-A-X in week three, and now the Packers are just the juggernaut. Wait a second, what did you just say? R-E-L-A-X. Oh, you said A. I thought you spelled it with two E's, which would be terrific. That still wouldn't get the award, though, for the the best comment 
of the weekend. That goes to Rob Gronkowski. If you missed that in the pregame, he's talking to uh, Rodney Harrison Mm -hmm. in a little pre-tape thing, and Rodney Harrison asks him, what was it like when you looked across the line and you saw Von Miller was lined up to try and – to try and control you in your pass route. And he said, I thought it was a pretty well matchup. <laughs> I also once talked to Rob Gronkowski at the Super Bowl. Matt Money Smith and I were interviewing Rob Gronkowski, and we like to ask uh, silly questions, as you may or may not know. I, I've, I've heard that, yes. And so we asked him, if you could only use one utensil for the rest of time mm-hmm. at the expense of all other utensils. Right. Which one utensil would you want? He didn't know what a utensil was. What? Well, he didn't know what a utensil was. Can I say spork? That is, I feel not like a little bit. Is that, is that, is that cheating? <laughs> a right? spork isn't a utensil? No, not, not everyone uses that term utensil. Granted, you should know what it means. <laughs> not but everybody not everyone uses, uses the word utensil. What when do you I was use? in high school, I growing up, we used, we used cutlery. Uh-huh. So when I was in high school in Orlando, and I used that word cutlery, and all my friends and teammates all looked at me like, "What the heck, what the heck is that? What's cutlery?" Cutlery. Like, cutlery is a is a quarterback who goes out and throws for three hundred yards, but maybe has a couple of picks <laughs> yeah, to go along with this cutlery, touchdown. Yeah. That's yeah. that. You know, he had a cutlery day. Yeah, you know? Mark Sanchez was very cutlery <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> against uh, the Packers defense, wasn't he? Yeah, he looked he looked downright cutlery. Um, yeah, so I think it's I think it's quite a thing. That all the teams, I mean, the Packers get housed in Seattle in mm-hmm. week one. Seattle, have they gotten downright pounded by anybody? Have they have they taken a lashing? Not pounded. You they, know, they haven't taken any they bad lost losses. the Rams, but, you know, which is, I know it was a home game for the Rams, but that was surprising a little bit at the time, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the spread in that game. But, uh, yeah, it's whoever wins the Super Bowl, the bottom line is uh, they will not have this air this mystique and I as I always say Marcus Grant I think that is to the detriment of the sport I think the teams that win should be dominant I don't think in baseball it's good it's a nice story if you're a Giants fan that they that they did it and they did it the right way and they got their act together at just the right time but it it to me it undermines the importance of the regular season when you see that and it's why I keep saying with this with the arrival of this final four now in college football, it's about the perfect setup because there is no team, the fifth-rated team. You know, this debate going on right now, well, who should it be? Should it be uh, Should it be Mississippi State or should it be Ohio State? Whoever it is has no claim to number one. Nobody, if you're, if you're that far away from number one, then you don't probably have a very realistic conversation that says, we, here's why we're the best team in the country. I will disagree slightly in the sense that every now and then it is fun to have that underdog team that comes out of nowhere and wins. But I would say yes. If it is every year where you know, you're getting into the end of the regular season and you have a whole bunch of teams just kind of muddled all together and nobody has distinguished themselves, that does get old. Yes, you know, love the Yankees or hate the Yankees. Love the Patriots or hate the Patriots. Like, a dynasty is good for sports because it That's gives right. you – either you love them or you hate them. The worst thing you could say is that you don't care about them. If you, if you love them, if you hate them, there's at least an emotion there. There's a reason for you to tune in. Either you want them to win or you want to see them go down in flames. But to be apathetic because I'm watching a 9-7 and team that made it to the playoffs and they're just making a run, yeah, that, that gets old after a while. Well, here's the thing. I, I, there is parity in the NFL clearly based on these results – Except for the fact that it is more often than not when you look at the teams that are going to get to the postseason again this year, 
it's the teams that have been getting to the postseason. I mean, there's always a team or two or three that gets into it. Right. But for the most part, the Patriots are going to be back in it. The Broncos are going to be back in it. The Colts, you figure probably the Bengals are going to find their way in there. Maybe the Steelers, maybe the Ravens. The Eagles are there more often than not. Now Andy Reid is is there with the Chiefs. It looks like they're on track to getting back in there. So is the key to all this the head coach? Because I said before the season started, and I said last season, forget this thing about elite QB. I would like to have Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, I heard a popular morning show on the Worldwide Leader assert today that uh, that it's it must be really nice if you have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers on your team. It's yeah, it's sure a real it advantage. Is. It's a real advantage. That I'm, was that I'm was the sure point. It that, is. that was the point I heard repeated that's, over and that's over. That's some deep analysis. It's a real advantage if you have if you have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or Tom Brady, as it turns out. But it's not the clearly it's not the key to winning Super Bowls. No, and. and, and it's you know, and then I say, well, it's you got to be a, a physical running team. That's what it's about. But then you look at teams that have. I mean, the, the Seahawks win it. Maybe that is the key because the Niners have been there over and over again. The last in this little era here, and they are built around pounding the football. And the Seahawks win the Super Bowl last year, and now the Chiefs are emerging because of the ability to pound you with uh, with Jamal Charles. Is that the key, or is it head coaching? The thing I've been asserting for the last 18 months is it's depth, is if you have a GM and uh, a brain trust that stacks your roster so that because – Injuries are going to happen. There's the, the the it's week to week. Well, the the Broncos lost to the Rams, don't you know, because of injuries. Well, you know who else has injuries? Thirty one other teams. So that's that's really not an excuse, either. Is it the head coach? Is it that? What, what what's your take? It is. I've always thought it is a combination. It is having a head coach and a front office who are not only good at their jobs but work well together. I mean, I look at the 49ers who. For the last couple of years, they've been great, and they've gotten to the NFC Championship game. They got to a Super Bowl in there, and everything seemed okay with Jed York and Jim Harbaugh and, and everybody in that front office. This year, you heard the rumblings. In the offseason, there was the rumor that they, the Niners were trying to trade Jim Harbaugh to Cleveland, and there's this talk that, that Harbaugh's on his way out, and he's not getting along with the general manager and the owner and this and that. And this year, the Niners have kind of struggled. I mean, I think for all the great things the Patriots have done – Part of it was how they built that team with Belichick and when Scott Pioli was there and how they, you know, they were so great at getting rid of a guy one year too soon instead of one year too late. While the rest of us would look and say, wow, I can't believe they cut that guy or I can't believe they signed that guy. It always worked out. Even even the Packers. I mean, Mike McCarthy says that he doesn't really – he doesn't understand how player personnel works. He doesn't want to have that headache. But the fact that he can mesh with their front office and make it all work – has really helped. And then, you know, you look at the Cleveland Browns, who haven't been able to figure things out since they were, you know, brought back to the league. Part of it is that their front office has made poor moves. Their coaching staff hasn't been on the same page. We've seen it in Washington. I just think it's that ability that, you know, as as Bill Parcells said, you know, whoever's buying the groceries and whoever's cooking the meal are always working together in some sort of synergy toward a common goal. I'm thinking now, as we, you know, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh. And Marshawn Lynch, and my question was going to be, I have been saying for three weeks now 
the Seahawks are not going to the postseason. Mm-hmm. I stand by that. I understand they're only a game behind teams that are going to end up right on the cusp there of the playoff cut, namely the Cowboys and or Eagles. Somebody has to win that division. The team that doesn't do it is going to be right there record-wise with where the Seahawks wind up. Um, but then the Niners are, you know, they're, they're – they're, these teams are going to end up muddled together. I stand by, though, that the Niners and Seahawks are both going to miss the playoffs. If you had to choose, what's your answer? Niners out, Seahawks out, both out. Um, You know what? I'm going to say Niners out. And I, I said before the season I wouldn't be surprised if they were out simply because so many things had gone wrong on defense, losing Navarro Bowman, knowing, knowing that they were going to have Alden Smith out for a long time. You know, this is before Patrick Willis gets hurt and all these other things go down. Um, and offensively, they still have a lot of question marks. They're so inconsistent. So I said before the season, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners miss out. I think the, the Seahawks figure it out because we talked about that power running game. Regardless of what Pete Carroll thinks of Marshawn Lynch and vice versa, the Seahawks are smart enough to realize that if they're going to go anywhere, they're going to have to put it in his stomach about 25 times a game. And I think you're going to see but that. But does he want to do that? And it's a weird thing because he his brain, when you read his quotes – operates differently than most of our yes, brains operate. Absolutely. And Nate Burleson, who knows Marshawn Lynch, sat in this very studio about two weeks ago. He and I kibitzed about this subject, and he said, yes, Marshawn Lynch, there's, there will be conflict. He wants to play after 2014. His career doesn't end, right. although his relationship with the, Seahaw- with the Seahawks is going to end. Yes. So is there a part of him that is going to, you know, that the beast mode might wane a bit for these next couple months in favor of keeping himself fresh? Oh, the Seahawks fans. The 12s don't like it when you say stuff like they that. Get, they're, they honestly may be the most sensitive fan base in the league now. That is correct. Chip on the shoulder, I Absolutely. Call it. it served them well in 2013. Richard Sherman is the personification of that chip yes. on the shoulder. Now it's a little annoying. But it's everybody. It's a little Russell annoying. Russell Wilson, I'm too, oh, too short, I'll show you. <laughs> you know, the whole team, the whole fan base has a chip on its shoulder yes. about that. But I think that they're starting to understand what I'm getting at here. And you see, it's fractured now. They're, they're star offensive player. The thing that can save them. And by Let's the way, say they, this about the Seahawks. Sorry, but they couldn't sorry. stop. But they could not stop. And what did I say last week, Black Tie? I said the, the thing that will undo the Seahawks, ironically or otherwise, is – the lineup of teams that they still have to face, including those Chiefs, which are teams that want to run the ball. That The teams that, are, that want to run the ball are going to be able to do it to the 2013 dominant defense of the Seahawks, which no longer is dominant. And when Brandon Meebane went out, they became even less so. And you saw that exactly what happened in, Arrow, in Arrowhead, what I told you was going to happen. But also, too, if you watch your games, even the Plas completions, right? It doesn't look like the receivers are getting open. I, that's one team I would love to watch a camera from behind the quarterback. Yeah. Because even their pass completions seem to be a result of Russell Wilson scambling, scrambling around and improvising. Like, no one's getting open. Like, you no. can't. And that's where they miss Percy Harvin a lot. Like, even if even if Percy wasn't getting the ball all the time, him being on the field opened things up for Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse and all these other guys. And so not having Percy Harvin there – they just got a, they got a bunch of dudes just it's out there running so, past me. You, you took the words out of my mouth. They're words that I've said here on this podcast for the last month now since Percy got dealt. That's exactly right. Kobe Bryant no longer commands a double team. That is a problem when he's pulling the trigger as much right. as he is. In the past, Kobe Bryant 
was a factor opening up the floor for a guy like Carlos Boozer would score a lot more if Kobe were in his prime. Kobe Bryant can shoot all he wants and score as many points yeah. as he wants. If you can if you can defend him with one guy, that doesn't open up anything for anybody. It's just Kobe dropping points into his career total. In the same way, that's what Percy Harvin, the absence of him, it exposes how bad, not how bad, I mean, Doug Baldwin is a fine number two or a number three receiver. And the other thing I keep saying, I'll say it one more time, it's not just Percy Harvin. Golden Tate was good. You're, he was their you're best. Absolutely right. He was their best wide receiver all last year. He's you're not there absolutely anymore. Right. Doug Baldwin was by the time the Super Bowl rolled around their third best pass catcher. There's no Zach Miller. They have no tight end to throw to. They really are built around Marshawn Lynch pounding you and Russell Wilson remaining elusive, coming around the edge like that. Does that continue to work? It did. It worked pretty well for the last two weeks but of course then they lost to the to the Chiefs well, so it wasn't good enough and the other part of this though is that you know they are going to probably have to go on the road for a playoff game this year I mean last year part That's of right. what made them so formidable Not probably they have to it's, a, it's virtually impossible right. that they would uh, I mean it'll take a miracle for them to win the division at this point they're three games back of the Cardinals so they're gonna have to go on the road and last year Nobody wanted to go to, to to Seattle to play. You just can't go up there and win football games. But they are a lot more mortal when they have to leave the Pacific Northwest. It's so true. And yes, they're gonna. And by the way, Arizona goes up there this weekend. If they win that game, the they will. They, over. they will essentially lock up the NFC West, the so-called best division yep. in football. They'll wrap it up, and it won't even be Thanksgiving yet. Even the most optimistic Cardinals fan <laughs> in history couldn't possibly afford. Oh yeah, it'll all be done before uh, before the month of November's out. Before we eat our turkey. By the way, are there two are there two more teams than you look at the Cardinals and the Chiefs? The Cardinals, the best record in the NFL. The Chiefs tied for the top of the AFC West. And let's just get the feeling that everybody looks at those teams and they're like. Eh, like, no one has really bought in just yet. I mean, Drew Stanton is playing I quarterback for the without Cardinals. Buy, without buying into the Chiefs because we saw this last year, right? This is true. The Cardinals, on the other hand, is the whole But it's like Drew Stanton is playing. Well, they the, do that's take deep shots, though, unlike the Chiefs. Darrell Washington is, is out. I mean, you know, I mean, like, they have so many guys. I think they have seven of their 11 starters from last year between injury, suspension, what have you, are gone. And they're still winning games. The, the, the combo of Bruce Arians. And Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator there, had, uh, the, the remarkable feats. I mean, continue, think about that. Bruce Arians, if you opened up coach of the year to not just head coaches, it would maybe come down to Bruce Arians versus Todd Bowles as the best coach in the NFL in 2014. Because like you say, no Darrell Washington, no Darnell Dockett, no Carlos Dansby. You know, well, what gives here? How's this right. team? And Carson Palmer, Drew Stanton, and the, the the idea that Carson Palmer, wow, listen, they lost Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, when was the last time he was somebody you looked at as a guy, yeah, that guy can take us deep into the playoffs. What? I mean, it was USC? before he hurt his knee. <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> Kimo Van Olhoffen hurt his knee is the last time anybody thought that. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is a shadow of his former self. I mean, how is this? This isn't. It's amazing to me. And yet they beat – yeah, they, they win every game. Uh, but uh, uh, Marcus is going to run out of here. Black tie will keep Kibitz in for a few minutes. But before you run, Marcus, okay. what about this? You mentioned Jim Harbaugh, and he's likely to go. You know, I mentioned the Lakers a minute ago, and the Eagles have their had their dream team a few years ago. The Lakers tried it and failed with Dwight Howard, Kobe, and, and Steve Nash. 
What if the Oakland Raiders, they're the perfect team to do this because Jim Harbaugh, by insider accounts, is interested in staying in the Bay for family reasons. He has Mm -hmm. family in different places in the Bay Area, so it makes sense for him to stick in either San Francisco or Oakland. What if he goes to the Raiders, who, you know, their history with Al Davis back in the 70s was to take all these uh, second chances for all these guys who are considered washed up elsewhere. Right. What they tried it this year, in fact, with uh, you know all the Justin Tuck and Lamar Woodley and uh, MJD and so on. But that next year, Jim Harbaugh is the coach. Marshawn Lynch is the starting running back. RG three or Sam Bradford is at the quarterback spot. Now Derek Carr, I like, but I'm just doing this for the story of it. <laughs> I think it's interesting, and I think I think what Harbaugh would bring more than just his his X's and O's, which obviously he's very good at is everybody talks about the culture change. And it's always – it's kind of cliche now because every time a new regime comes into a team, we're, like, we're going to change the culture. We're not gonna... But really, Jim Harbaugh – and going back to his days coaching at University of San Diego, Jim Harbaugh is a jerk. But when you're a 49ers <laughs> fan, Jim Harbaugh is our jerk, and you love him for that. I mean, look, as, as a USC alum, I remember those, those sparring matches he had with Pete Carroll and the whole what's your deal and all this stuff going on. And, and, but, you know, when he took over for the 49ers, all the 49er fans said, you know what, though? This guy is going to get it done because it will be his way. He will do it his way. Now, chances are he's going to wear out his welcome quickly, but that, that is the one thing about the Raiders that everybody said would change when Al Davis was no longer there. When he passed away, everybody thought, well, everything's going to change. They're going to change the culture. It'll be, it'll be different. It's not. But a guy like Jim Harbaugh will force you to either step to his drum or, or you know, you will be gone. And so I think more than bringing in a guy like Marshawn Lynch, which would be great, um, just because he will force you to bend to his will, that might change the Raiders more than anything. Oh, well, yeah, I, it's a really perfect, in fact. Yeah, go ahead, Marcus Gray. You got to go. You're going to go be on NFL Now. Make sure you yeah, look check on it NFL out. Now. And by the way, subscribe to NFL Now because there's also a show weekly up there called uh, the Dave Damashek Football Program. And uh, you can watch it this week. We have another one coming up for you on Thursday. It runs at 7 p.m. if you want to watch it live. If you don't want to watch it live, you can watch it uh, all the rest of the week as well. Just go to NFL Dot now to do it. There he goes, uh, Marcus Grant, out the door. Thanks this for stopping week, by. This week, might actually use the DDFB TV as have that available as an audio podcast. Oh, is that right? I might. No, we got to make our game picks black tie. It's too the you well, can't. I'm not do that. saying either or. I'm just saying so people that haven't watched it out yet, I just see. to tease them, like, hey guys, this is you know. This is what you could be well, watching Well, but it's right a visual now. medium, isn't it? And then yeah. what, what will they be looking at if they're you, listening? To you it? You All right, maybe it. you do it. See maybe. how it does. That's fine. I'm not going to be upset if you do that. Black tie, people, though, were upset. And, and how about us not delivering a podcast early in the week, last week? That's why we had to do one today, even though we're hard at work on another one for this week. Listen, Czech Republic and, you know, rank amateurs and handsome devils and Black Sheep, whatever fan base you belong to here on the DDFP. We're going to keep doing two podcasts a week. We just were trying to get up off the ground last week with the, with our new endeavor here. We hope you'll stick with us on the podcast and start watching TV. Not either or. We're not going to do it either or. We hope that you'll uh, continue to download the show and start watching our new TV project, right? Definitely. Got to, because um, a lot of people are saying, hey, it's easy to listen to podcasts. It's not as easy to, to watch a show, especially while, while driving. Obviously, don't. But, uh, I mean, if you love the show, 
as a podcast, where we're trying to do a lot better as a TV show. So please check it out. You know, we need the we need the support. We need the feedback. Yeah, both things. But again, the the most important part of that is we're not going to stop doing the podcast. If last week and uh, today, where you know it's a, it's slightly abbreviated, that is not going to be the norm going forward. So uh, we appreciate you hanging with us. Now, black tie, couple things. You had a star sighting. And I want to I want to hear something about it here in Culver City, California. Oh yeah! So yesterday I was thinking about going to work a little bit different today on a Monday. I was like, you know what? I should go out to a diner and have some breakfast. You know, sit by the sit by the windows. I grab like a, that. Grab a newspaper and get ready for work like they're doing the movies. You know, just kind of like sure. sit down by yourself and just meditate and think about. The I day like to that. Come. If I when I do I do that on occasion. I used to do that a lot more before all the kids. And by the way. Football baby did make his comeback. If you missed it at uh, the time of this recording, two and one gave you the Texans over the Browns, and he gave you the Chiefs over the Seahawks. Neither was a gimme. Gronk and uh, Pretty Boy Brady let him down in the yeah. nighttime affair, but still a nice showing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no worries. Football I baby used to, first, but I like to drink six or eight cups of coffee in that. See, I'm not a coffee guy. I just have him keep bringing it back. I'm not a. Co- I used to drink a lot of coffee when I was a kid. At like ten years old, I would drink a ton <laughs> of coffee, but I, I don't. I don't drink caffeine anymore. But um. So I'm just out there at the diner having some breakfast, getting ready for the work week, getting ready for the coaches show, your favorite podcast and all I that like stuff. It. Coach Billet, and um, Coach a guy in a shirt, in a Superman shirt, a hat, and uh, some cargo shorts just work in. It happens to be Adam Sandler, and it sits right next to me. And uh, I see him. He's like, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, what's up? And then we start talking about, you know, the NFL and the Patriots. How does that – wait, all right. So don't skip over that because I can't imagine striking up a conversation – with uh, with a stranger, whether they're a celebrity, yep. a pretty girl, or otherwise, I can't imagine sitting in a booth like, "Hey, how are you? What's going on?" and start talking. How does that go? Who starts the conversation? Well, um, I, let's see. He says, "What's up?" I say, "What's up?" I'm like, how's it going? And then I ask him. Oh, you I say, him, "How's it going?" Or he says that. He did. He said, "How's it going?" How's it going? Yeah. But he was just trying to be nice. I don't know. But he doesn't I had my, need I had, your I had my headphones just, oh, on, good, too. Good, good. I had know, my headphones on. I was listening to a podcast. I had my headphones on. Uh-huh. So he actually interrupted me from listening to the podcast and getting ready for work. Thanks, Adam Sandler. Sheesh. Um, but um, And then we start talking about Eisen's show, the new Rich Eisen show on uh, TV because I know him and Eisen. That's his boy. So I guess that was kind of like the Oh, right. Ground. They did a thing before. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was What movie were they promoting? He was in one of the movies, one of the Eisen. Yeah, one, uh, of, one of the, the Sandler movies. Promoting, yeah. yeah. So he starts talking about the Pats and what they did last night and all that jazz, and then he comments on my food. So I'm out there having eggs, but I, I'm a little bad today. I have some pancakes, you know. And he he, was, he goes, his, his direct quote was, "How do you look so good and get still get to eat pancakes?" Oh. And I'm like, whoa. Sounds like he's hitting on you. <laughs> no, no, it sounds that way. It's kind of weird, but you know, he keeps making fun of my pancakes, and I'm eating eating every one. I'm like, hey, I bought it. I got to eat it, you know. And then he goes around the diner and says, "What's up to other people?" And then I leave. It's like nice seeing you, Adam. How not? Listen, I he when I my first job right around the corner from where we are now and from the diner, um, in the uh, in the neighborhood here, I used to see Adam Sandler. You know the people in his movies, those guys whose faces you recognize but you don't know what their names are in all likelihood. I've met a couple of those guys, and by the way, they're very funny and nice guys themselves. And uh, every day, though, I would go to work on the Sony lot. The first five months I lived in Los Angeles, I worked on the Sony lot. And uh, the building I was in was right next to his little uh, trailer bungalow kind of thing. All day, Adam Sandler, 
This is whatever it is, 99, 2000-ish. So you can figure what's Big Daddy. Was that his movie, Big Daddy? Was that what it was called? That's roughly that era. He's already has the big movie career. He's already made Happy Gilmore and all, and all of those pictures. And all day they'd just be out there shooting hoops and throwing football and it just seemed like uh, like a wonderful life. He seems like a nice fella. By all accounts, he's a super nice guy. People make fun of his movies over the last 8, 10 years as not being that great. Not great at all. But you have to consider what he's doing as a guy. Think about him as a as a fella and not as a consumer of his of his uh, of the movies he's putting out. He keeps steadily keeps 100 or 200 people employed. All those people, who not just the guys who write the movies and people say, why does, who's that guy? His friend, he puts his friend in all the movies? Yeah, he puts all his friends in the movie. That's awesome is what that is. Yeah. You know, it's another thing whether or not you think the movies deserve your money, but people keep going to see them, and until that stops, those that will keep going. I think it's wonderful. I think it's cool, and it's very, if I uh, can make the comparison, it's very Jimmy Kimmel-esque. You know, yeah. Kimmel has... You know, and myself included, always, uh, you know, the guys who are like, yeah, I have uh, I have some of my chums around here to, to keep the ball rolling here. Yeah. What's the point of doing all this jazz in this in the rugged business and everything if, if you have to kick all your friends to the curb and forget about them? You know, no, so it's I, a great. Some, I think it's cool. A lot of people say how some uh, some movie makers, they make the movies for the audience. Some, you know, they're artistic type. They make the movies for their peers, the other directors and all that stuff. And people like him just make it to keep people employed. Like whatever. Right. If he wasn't making money, then is. you would stop. Why? Right. Yeah, if they exactly. didn't make money, then that would money. be the end of it. To be fair, though, my, the last movie he made that I wanted to see and I actually liked was Funny People. Other than that, no. <laughs> Well, I didn't see funny people, so I guess I can't weigh in. But it did not get good reviews. It's supposed to be atrocious. It's, it's solid. It's not terrible. It's well, I'll tell you, the last movie is 6.4 in IMDb. That's not good. I don't think I've seen any of his movies since probably like uh, that's a that uh, that's one I've missed. I probably saw Big Daddy. I don't even know if I saw the Water Boy in total. I think I've seen parts of it and didn't really get into it too much. But the great movie he made. It's more of an art house picture, and it's an indie picture, but Punch Drunk Love is dynamite. It's not funny, but it's a, a wonderful picture. You're um, going to see Whiplash? Man, some great things about it. It's a limited release. Miles Teller is in it. Who? Miles Teller with J.K. Simmons. I know J.K. Simmons. And it's a limited release. Yeah, Miles Teller is a young dude. Um, he's um, what's, what's it about? What's don't know, but it's supposed to be really, really good. Well, there are a lot of pictures I need to see. I don't need to see the wrestling picture, though, Foxcatcher. Mm. I mean, it's getting rave Thinking reviews, but yeah. the the um, the uh, uh, the work, the makeup work that they did on Steve Carell yeah. and, the, <laughs> and uh, about Channing that. Tatum look ridiculous. I mean, they just look ridiculous. They look yeah. like they're doing an SNL bit. Um, but what about this, Ned Blacktie? We'll wrap it up. Is I want to talk about the Lakers for a second. What do you think about this mess? This well, is a, this is an apocalypse. I, I think mean, it's disgraceful right now to see what uh, Kobe's <laughs> really doing. Is. I no, I think it's it's. It, I don't want to be one of those people that's like protecting the integrity of the game, but he's really just going out there, jacking up shots, getting his point totals up, while the whole team stands and says nothing. Whole team. Oh no his, his no teammates, no! Oh contraire, they're saying something. Oh, I now. know they are. It took but it's, it's. It took them a few games, but I mean they're just now. What are they? They're one uh, and like nine. eight to one, one and nine. nine. Somehow still in the hunt for the NFC South. Uh, they're yeah. uh, let's see. I saw. I got that joke. The um, they are so ten games into the season. They have seventy-two more games, 
and it is our, the wheels are already off of this mess with that team. I think it's very funny. Uh, by the way, college basketball is already underway, and I, you know, that is too much. Let's let's wait till mid December at least. Too much going on. We don't have time for college hoops right now. Why why start it now? But pro hoops. I th- this mess with the Lakers is amusing because it was manufactured by out of their depth uh, children of Jerry Bus combined with Kobe Bryant and the hubris of that collection of people causing this this thing to spiral down the drain is is remarkable stuff how bad it is and they get it Jeremy Lin knows it there you know the the guys are starting to Carlos Boozer they're calling them out and it really is like watching a Washington Generals game it, it you know it's like all right the there it 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 feels like exhibition what to what end kobe what are you what are you achieving here what are it's, you it's shameful it really is and, and i don't who wants them now you know 2 weeks ago i was saying trade him to the knicks i bet phil jackson would love to have him to help change the culture there he could help bring you know um establish the triangle that phil's going to want to run in new york but at this point you know you're still on the hook for the better part of the 48 million dollars with the Knicks, there, who would take Kobe Bryant at this point? He he plays zero defense. He fills it up, yeah, because he makes a third of his shots, but he shoots thirty or forty times a game. Yeah, of course you're gonna fill, you're gonna score some points. He has a very sports nationy type question for you. Who would you rather have as a teammate, RG three or Kobe Bryant? Wow, RG three. Well, I don't know. That is there. That's a terrible choice. That's uh, the opposite. <laughs> I mean, RG three throwing throwing himself throwing teammates under the bus. Kobe's out here just taking shots and. Doing, you know, just doing just him. I well, listen. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't want to be on either one of those teams with Jay Gruden as my head coach. Yeah. And ugh, that's a mess. That's one thing we got right. We get we get uh, obviously in the preseason we get some things right and some wrong. One thing we were not wrong about Jay, Jay Gruden, Gruden is wildly out of his depth as yeah. a, as an let's, NFL let's head bring coach. Let's bring the uh, let's bring the OC of the Bengals offense the last few years. What a, that, what a yeah. bit of ridiculousness that is. Good idea. Uh, that's the worst loss, too. I declared that on Twitter. That's the worst loss in week 11 to get. I, I know the Broncos losing to the Rams is a surprise to most people and everything, but that to lose at home by 20 points, to put up seven points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, like you say, are now two games out of first place in the NFC South, I hear the calls for relegation. I only wish we could have relegation. That would be the best. I And I am a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. I think it would have been fine if over the lean years the Pirates would have been in contention for being relegated down to AAA. I think that would be captivating stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, the, 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 this Kobe thing, I mean, they're, I mean, listen, they're going to win 10 games this year maybe. What, what's possibly going to change? I do think they And here's the them. darkest thing. Next year. They're, they still have this next year. What are they going to do? Who's who's going to go there next year now? I think Kobe needs to swallow his pride. I know he says he wants to retire like you know, all that jazz. I think Lakers fan, Laker fans right now are Kobe fans. That's the majority of Laker fans are Kobe fans. If Kobe asked for a trade and got moved, I don't think they're going to hate Kobe. They're going to understand, and Kobe can move on with his pride and knowing that he did what he did for the Lakers and go on to a team that's actually competing. I would like Kobe still has skill. There is no contending team that would Not want a Kobe contending Brown. team. The Knicks are not a contending team. They're a team that could have Kobe on that squad. Like who? And Name get a team where Kobe Bryant would go. Who? Who would the Knicks? Pos- the Knicks uh, a maybe the team. Knicks. I guess that could be. But I mean, you would have it would have to be the perfect storm of people who are having trouble filling seats. Kind of a kind of a deal. Boy, it's a mess. But what about my other idea? And then we'll be done. 
is what about Marshawn Lynch joining up with Jim Harbaugh in a third location for 2015? That's a fun idea, I think. I, I honestly, I'm not, I'm not blaming the Seahawks for doing what they're doing. I would not t- touch Marshawn Lynch after the season. I wouldn't either. I, I, I don't blame them for that, but yeah. I do, I, you know, I do think even if he runs, and maybe people said, "Oh, you're so wrong." You see how hard Marshawn Lynch is running? Fine. Under those circumstances. I wouldn't run hard. How about that? Todd Gurley <laughs> proves why you, you there. You, it's not just human mortality. Your football mortality is on the line every time you touch the ball. It, you know, poor Todd Gurley, heartbroken for him. Marcus Lattimore, Marshawn Lynch should look at those guys and say, "Listen, if you have no use for me after this year, yeah. then I want to keep on playing." And so I might let up a little bit here, but then that's balanced by Marshawn Lynch can burnish his. You know, his reputation, his legacy, and all that. If they were to somehow win a second straight Super Bowl, then, you know, he goes down, he goes down as on a different level, a different plateau. The as running a, as back a, position is so weird in the sense that the position, every position you have typically ends in one of two ways a really great way, which is a touchdown, or a bad way, which is a tackle. Like, you know, it's it's that that's really it. That's all you have: a tackle or a touchdown. Or Sometimes a you run out of bounds and maybe a fumble, but that usually comes as a result of a tackle, right? I mean, think about other positions: you either get to shoot, you get to pass, you either get to run routes and stop running, or you can take take some snaps off as a D line as a Is running there, back. And I was thinking about it the other day: is there? Am I missing anybody? Is there a breakout rookie runner this year? Bishop Sankey has done very little. Watch him have a huge night tonight against the Steelers. Mm. But is there is there any, I mean I think the uh, Todd Gurley's knee injury now poor guy that was their one shot of being a guy and I know Melvin Gordon for Wisconsin I don't see I mean this is going to continue now who's going to take a running back in the first round anyway all right black tie that's enough let's uh, wrap it up here the thing that I want you to remember again is we're going to keep on spinning here um And, uh, you know, the Thursday podcast is really gangbuster stuff. It was, again, last week with Drew Statton and Handsome Hank and Elliot Harrison as we make our game picks. The first podcast of the week, this one, is, of course, our look back at the weekend of action there. And uh, we're going to keep on doing both. But we do appreciate if you can uh, get on to NFL Now, sign up, watch it, let us know what you think about it. In fact, we have a question for this week's show, which is, and it's something we've brought up before, what should Aaron Rodgers' nickname be? I can't live in a world where Andy Dalton has a cooler nickname than Aaron Rodgers does. Let's fix that. Drop us a line, hashtag DDFP, and let us know what Aaron Rodgers' new nickname should be. We'd be much obliged. And uh, Oh, we'll so doing a piece on Jenga pieces. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right, which we will be asking for your tweets and your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I'll tweet that out. All right, Black Tie. Uh, thanks to uh, Marcus Grant there. Can't, again, track him down on NFL.com and uh, on the Fantasy Live show. Again, we'll be back with our game picks for you later in the week and uh, with Dave Damashek Football Program TV on NFL Now for you. Until all that goes down, though, it's been a good slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.